Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flywheel Nation community, go to flywheelnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. to do something heroic, write a thank you note to one of your teachers. You'll be a hero. That's what they live for. Teachers have dedicated their lives and sacrificed a lot. And they just love hearing from former students about their influence on the world. My hope is that everybody alive would have the chance to find a way to express their unique genius. And I'm trying to encourage others to follow what they're good at, what they can get paid to do, what they enjoy doing, and what others find difficult and they find easy. That's likely to be something that you are better at than others. The thing that made you weird as a kid can make you great as an adult as long as you don't lose it. So with that, keep going forward. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. I'm really excited today to have on the InnovaBuzz podcast as a returning guest, Kevin Kelly, who helped launch and edit Wired magazine. Kevin has written for the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, among many other publications. His previous books include What Technology Wants and The Inevitable. Currently, he is Senior Maverick at Wired. His latest book is Excellent Advice for Living, Wisdom I Wish I'd Known Earlier. Fascinating title. Kevin was also our guest on episode 83 of the Innova Buzz podcast, so go check out that episode when you've finished listening into this episode. Kevin's admired for his acute perspectives on technology and its relevance to history, to biology, and to society. Have you ever felt stuck in your business? I know I have. Feels like you're hitting your head against the wall and you need some inputs from somebody else because you're unsure of how to take it to the next level. At Flywell Nation, our sponsor, we understand that feeling all too well. That's why we've created a community designed specifically for high-impact achievers like you. With Flywheel Nation, you'll have access to exclusive resources and connections that can help you supercharge your success. You'll tap into the collective wisdom of like-minded individuals and gain fresh insights that can transform your journey. Experience accelerated growth and propel your business to new heights by acting now and securing your spot in Flywheel Nation today. 
head on over to innovabiz.co forward slash flywell to join. In our conversation, Kevin talked to me about how life is a constantly shifting landscape that presents opportunities for growth and new experiences. We talked about how it's essential to break free from any sense of equilibrium or harmony that holds us back and embrace the unknown. And we also discussed the potential of AI technology, such a topical subject these days the potential of AI technology in solving problems and pushing the boundaries of what is possible, while being aware of the dangers of misuse. Finally, we discussed the importance of finding our own paths and unique genius, as each of us should be the star of our own movie. Without further ado, then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Kevin Kelly. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome back to the InnovaBuzz podcast today, all the way from Pacifica in California, the USA, of course, Kevin Kelly. Kevin helped launch and edit Wired magazine. He's written for the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, and his latest book is Excellent Advice living and we'll talk about the subtitle in a moment now kevin was also our guest on episode 83 of the innova buzz podcast welcome back to the innova buzz podcast kevin it's a privilege to oh, talk to you again yes and my honor thank you for having me here again and i'm really looking forward to this conversation me too now last time we chatted a lot about lifelong learning inventing jobs to automate the shift from ownership to access uh, was a big topic. We talked about human attention as as a real valuable commodity, future ownership of data, and a lot more. So we can probably go down those tracks again because I know some of the um, pieces of advice in your book relate to some of those topics. So I'm really looking forward to another wide-ranging and insightful conversation. But before we get on to some of those things, what's the impact you're making in the world today, Kevin? Oh my gosh, I hope that I'm encouraging to people, people to be as optimistic as they possibly can. I think optimism can often be sort of um, a disposition that people maybe inherit, and I have a sunny, optimistic disposition, but it's also something that you can learn. You can teach children to be more optimistic. There's something called learned optimism. And I myself have been teaching myself to be even more optimistic than I am naturally. So I've become more optimistic as I've gotten older. And I think optimism is hugely in need of the world right now in order to accomplish all the good things that we want the future to be. It requires us to be more optimistic than we have been collectively. And my, my mission is to increase the optimism of the world. Excellent. Yeah, I think that's a real worthy mission. One of the things that I always wonder about is why is it that negative things that happen are so much more newsworthy um, for the for the mainstream yeah. media than good news stories or things that we sure. things that actually generate optimism within sure. us. 
one thing is is that bad things happen fast and so uh, you can report on them um, whereas good things take time and requires a lot more patient to 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 have them complete and so there's less news there's just gonna be a lot more bad news because bad things happen so quickly and there is also uh, more ways to fail than to succeed so there are in general there is generally more bad news and so it's also so it's no no surprise really that that, that our media is going to be filled and, and even the best media this is not anything political this is just any media is going to be more occupied with bad stuff than good stuff if you had to only have headlines written every 10 years there might be some more better news in it more optimistic news Um, so that's just the nature of the beast and I don't think there's really a way to change that other than we have to pay attention to longer term things to things Mm. that that take longer um and i also find myself that the more i look to the past the more optimistic i become because um you get to see that compounded in Mm. um accumulation over time so one percent difference is hardly recognizable in the world today you can already see it but one percent compounded or even over 10 years is noticeable and so you can often see the good news only in retrospect in a certain weird way and um that's you know and that's what we talk about at the long now the long now is like increasing the how much you pay attention not just to the future but also to the past and um you know if you read history at all one of your things you realize is that the craziness that we have in politics right now is really nothing Compared to how crazy it was in the past. I mean, believe me, there was just some very, very extreme things happening. Um, and so it, I think you, it, it enables us to not be as anxious. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's, it's fascinating. I um, recently saw Hamilton for the first time and, yes. and, and dug into because, um, of course, as, as a non-American, um, American history and the politics, we, we kind of got the broad sense of it, but not all the details. So I right. read up on, on the background of Alexander Hamilton and so on, and the whole story about the duel and, and the guy that yes. was actually vice president. I mean, can president. you imagine <laughs> a vice president today coming out and shooting his political opponent yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a gun? And it's, oh, everybody's okay, that's fine. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, you know, the, the past is uh, knowing about the past and understanding what people, what daily life was really like and the hardships hmm. that they had and the craziness, I think helps us uh, take a more optimistic view of our possible future. Hmm. One of the things, and I don't recall now if, if you have quote, you've probably got quotes related to this, but specifically the idea of gratitude. And, and do you think that yeah. as humans we aren't focused enough on gratitude. I mean, there's so much every day that is part of our routine that we take for granted that, that we could just stop and take a moment to be grateful for. And, and that probably gives us cause for more optimism. Absolutely. One of the little bits of advice in the book, and the book is excellent advice for living. 
um, is that um, taking a moment to write down what you're grateful for each day is the best mental therapy that you could possibly pay for. And um, that stance of gratitude is something that motivates me. Um, it's a type of trust. It's a type of um, assuming the best of other people. It works out of a kind of a generosity that I believe the universe actually has and um, that we can receive in some ways. I have another bit of advice in the book about pronoia, a term I did not invent but I've used, which is the opposite of paranoia. So paranoia is this belief that you have an assumption that everybody's conspiring behind your back to take you down and pronoia is the opposite which is everybody's conspiring behind your back to make you succeed yeah. and i believe in fact that that's what it is is that most people actually want you to succeed if you will let them and if you if you let them and if you accept um, their help and if you um, are open to the best of them and sometimes, sure, if you trust strangers, you might get cheated, but that's a small tax to pay for the abundant uh, overpayment that you're going to get from people giving you the best because you trusted them. And so, um, so yeah, so I think gratitude is, in some ways, at the basis of my advice, which is that it's um, it's a reliable stance i mean there's again there's a weird paradox at the foundation of the universe and that paradox says that the more you give the more you get hmm. mathematically it doesn't work <laughs> right there's, there's the, the logic there is missing but that is something that's very very reliable the more you give the more you'll get and that is the foundation of wisdom that's 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 kind of the the stance, the perspective, the framework for a lot of my advice is, is this idea that, that this stance of generosity and gratitude and acceptance and um, giving is how you, the most selfish thing you can do. Hmm. The most selfish thing yeah. you can do is to give stuff away. Again, again it's a paradox. Yeah, yeah, it is a paradox. And and I've, um, you know, I mean, we're similar ages and I, I'm reflecting a lot on some of the things I've done in the past and looking back on the impact that's had on other people in a way that I feel gratitude for having had an impact on somebody else. And it comes back right. to your point that you mentioned that, um, Pronoia that um, fundamentally we're all actually excited to help others and and have yeah. that impact and but I'm like I get I get fulfillment and satisfaction out of having had that impact which is the selfish part of it so there, there's actually a gift in that for me as well as whatever the gift was for the other person that, that took some action as a result of what I did or said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, um, you know, there's a, there's a temptation to think that this is a kind of a privileged position to be speaking from, um, as, as a person that has had many, many, um, opportunities, uh, through life. But 
my observation is not just based on my own life. My observation is based on having spent an enormous amount of my own life uh, living among some of the poorest people in the world and some of the poorest people who are still poor today in other countries around the world and seeing that the same thing is true no matter what your station and, and, and how you begin, that, that even if you are desperately poor, it's still the same thing, that, that, that those who adopt pronoia, that those who are generous, even with little, will still, in the end, do better than those who don't. And so um, it doesn't... So you can still be generous, no matter where you begin. Hmm. Yeah, excellent point. Uh, one of the things you mentioned is the idea of compounding and looking back mm -hmm. on um, a longer term yeah. and reflecting on how far you've come, for example. And, and one of the quotes in the book that I've noted down here that I really like is a worthy goal for a year is to learn enough about a subject so that you can't yeah. believe how ignorant you were about that subject yeah. a year earlier. Yeah. And and I thought that that really resonated for me because I sometimes delve into some new things and I get really frustrated and I get angry that it's not that I'm not kind of making more progress on learning this yeah, yeah. or mastering it. And then at some point, I look back and I think, well, this is all so easy now, <laughs> simply because I've invested that time and just continued to learn and, yeah, and that yeah, compounding yeah. effect kicks in. Yeah, I've recently, um, the past year, two years, I've been um, trying to learn as much as I can about the elements, the atomic elements, the basic building blocks of chemistry, the nature of the actual things that make up our entire world. And I was just astounded how ignorant I was <laughs> because there were all these elements I'd never even heard of. Half, half, half of them, Scandinavian. Yeah. I mean, these, these, are, these are pretty basic elements. And uh, I never, I think I'd never heard of them. So just investigating that, understanding how they came about, how people, what we know about them, what they're useful for, how they were discovered, where their names came from. I mean, there's just so much I realized that these are kind of like, again these are the basic elements of my world and everything built around me whatever this pen is made out of hmm. and i didn't even know some of the um some of the uh characters that were involved in that movie and so um yeah i'm, I'm astounded how ignorant i was to begin with it's like how because I, mean, I was like you know I, I studied chemistry in school and stuff i was like how could i have gotten so far and not have ever known all this yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I recently um, delved into the area of cell biochemistry. Now, I did right. biochemistry at school as well, but we didn't go into the cell area right. and understanding the interactions inside the human body that um, right. trigger various things to happen around metabolism, around um, sleep, around diet around fat storage and and the relationship and again going back to history because the way the way the human body has evolved in terms of 
cell structure and cell metabolism mm -hmm. uh, actually hasn't kept pace with the changes in modern diet over the years. Yeah, and so it's true. Understanding true. all of that. And, and again, it's like you said, there's, oh, wow, I didn't know all that. And at some point, things are starting to fall into place again. So it's, again, this thing of looking back three months or so and saying, oh, I can't believe I didn't know any of that. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, the world is very large and um, there is so much to know. So you can't know everything, but mm -hmm. you can still um, you can always improve everything in every direction. Um, we're not all equally um, outfitted with talents. We have a different mix but we can all get a better in whatever direction we want to go. And um, part of my, my book is about this advice about trying to have people rise and grow in the direction of whatever that mix of talents they have and trying to understand what it is that each person is unique and has in a unique combination. Just like we have unique faces, we all look a little different sufficiently that an AI can actually tell us apart. And so um, we want our lives to be the same way. Um, we want our lives to be improbable. That's, that's, that's mm -hmm. another way of thinking about it. If you like a kind of a, a systems point of view, uh, entropy is all about making the probable. So everybody probabilistically is headed towards heat death. And there's these little pockets of improbability, which is what life is all about. And we want to become more improbable than we were. <laughs> yeah, and well. um, the most remarkable people are very improbable. Yeah. And that's what a that's what a life is. It's a life is um, uh, aiming for the improbable and making your life, making yourself the most improbable character that you possibly can, which is not easy to do. Hmm. It's a lifelong journey. Uh, and by the way, on um, the route to becoming the only you requires everybody else to help you. That's kind of another paradox. Hmm. Is that the only way to become an individual is with a lot of friends' help. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things that fascinates me as well is this um, whole area of quantum physics. And if you kind of delve into that at a metaphysical level, we're all connected in some ways. Yeah. So whatever whatever you do impacts me, uh, in yes. some way. In some uh, way, yeah. And and so yeah. that comes back to that uh, paradox right, of right, we right. need everybody's help. Mm. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So so um, yeah. We and that's the infinite game. Uh, there's finite games which are played to win or lose, and everybody must obey the rules, and it's completely unfair. And people are outraged if you don't follow the rules. Um, and they're winners and losers. And then there's infinite games. And the purpose of an infinite game is not to win or lose. It's to keep the game going and get as many people to play. Hmm. And so you're kind of, and that's what we're involved in life, is an infinite game because we're all connected and we want everybody to win. So um, what we want the game to, to continue as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah, one, one of the other things um, you talked about becoming improbable, uh, one of the other quotes that that's reminded me of, and I think it, it may be later in the book, um, the chief prevention against getting old is to <laughs> remain astonished. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, so 
getting old in that case is, I mean, obviously we age, but I think uh, old there means that we stop learning, stop changing, stop growing. Hmm. And I would say, maybe rephrasing it more correctly, to keep growing, we remain astonished. And so, um, um, you know, life is a very non-equilibrial process. There's kind of a misconception in ecology. They talk about harmony and, and... nature being harmonious but nature is anything but harmonious it's actually the opposite it's constantly in flux even even you know a majestic ecosystem that looks eternal is actually in the process of changing it has been changing and it's changing every year if you had a time-lapse camera over the centuries you'd see that it's there's a march of different species coming through and it's very much in a dynamic flux and that's what life is. It's actually a flux. It's actually movement. And if things become harmonious and uh, in equilibrium, it dies. Hmm. So, 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 um, in our own lives, we don't. We, we want flux. We want movement. We want growth to the end. Because that's what life is. And so, we're more alive as we grow. And we're less alive when we're in equal harmony and stasis and stuff. So, so, so we have to be kind of a little careful about um, that kind of harmony. We want the kind of right kind of harmony, so to speak, yeah. which is this, uh, the harmony of equilibrium in process of disequilibrium. You know, kind of like you. It's like the harmony of a surfer is what they often talk about surfing along the ways and there's a certain harmony where you're in balance but you actually are almost falling over the entire mm. time yes yeah just working pretty hard to to keep that balance right yes <laughs> yeah. yes it's a balance and that's what life is it's a balance between mm. rigid order and total chaos and there's some little sweet spot that's right in between where it's almost always falling over and by the way when you're walking that's what walking is walking is constantly almost falling yeah you're catching yourself and that's how you kind of go forward and you you want that kind of rhythm in life where you're almost falling the entire time hmm yeah i like the like the metaphor and the, the surfing one too yeah <laughs> sort of at the top of the wave just before you... right 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 just about you're yeah. always the whole way down yeah hmm. excellent um one of the other uh, points or or quotes in the book that kind of that brings me on to is uh, where you said a great way to understand yourself is to mm. seriously affect, reflect mm. on things that you find irritating in mm-hmm. others, which is mm-hmm. um, a real fascinating one because I often find myself, if I, if I catch myself um, being annoyed by what somebody else has done or what I observe in somebody else, I, I often kind of pull myself back and I say, why does that annoy me? And what is right. it about me? <laughs> right, exactly. And that's that's really the genesis of it. It's not saying that you are that, but just that if you are really perturbed by that, there's something in it that's touching you in mm-hmm. a way. It could be that you are like that, or it could be that you have something about it that particularly um, that's particularly primitive to you. And so it's it's an opportunity to kind of explore yourself, and that's the general 
the general job, general tasks that we have, we humans, is that we are incredibly um, ignorant of our own motivations, our own minds, what we actually think, what we think we think. Um, we, we don't really have good access. Uh, language is one of the few handles we have on how we think, but it's not good enough, and it doesn't go far enough to actually understand ourselves. And so that's why we require all these other tools around us, including family and friends and, and, and customers and clients and strangers and other tools like therapy and meditation. All these things are kind of needed. The quantified self, measuring self, they're all needed to help us see ourselves because the way we're built, we're just very hard for our own egos or whatever are centered to see who we are, to understand how we work, and then to understand what we're good at and what we can do and how we matter. And so that's why we're social beings. I mean, that's why we are born into these elaborate networks of people is um, not as punishment, but <laughs> as, a, as a way in which we can arrive at our kind of self-awareness and self-knowledge so that we can be our best. Hmm. Wonderful. Well, you touched on language there. You did mention AI earlier, so I, I wanted to touch on on this. Uh, there's been a massive amount of buzz yeah. um, for the last, I guess, six months now around yeah. Chat GPT in particular, but the whole um, idea of these language learning models. So, what's what's your take on those, and how do they factor into your picture of optimism for the world yeah yeah well i'm hugely optimistic very very excited by what's happening um there's so many ways to to talk about it I, I, here's one here's one framing of it which is that um a lot of what these ais recent ais the generative ais the chats that can work with text and the image generators that work with text um, a lot of what they're doing uh, is not actually new. It's actually been capable of, say, in the last five years. What's new, what the Big Bang is, is that now they suddenly have a conversational interface to them, mm -hmm. yeah. which is huge, huge, huge. So it reminds me a lot of the early uh, or the 80s and 90s when the web was coming along mm. because the Internet had been around for yeah, decade and a half. I was on it, um, but it was very hard to use. It required programming and command line code and all kinds of stuff, and it was hard to see and hard to access for people. And the Big Bang was the invention of Mosaic and, and the web, and suddenly now it was the same, in same technology mm -hmm. basically, but now it's suddenly visible. Now it's suddenly accessible to everybody, and um, that was this mad rush. It's people kind of just, they finally got it. It was no yeah. longer just teenage boys. And so um, this is the same thing. So this stuff is, this power, they've been doing these kinds of things for a while, but there was really hard to do, required coding, some engineering. But now suddenly we all yeah. can have a conversation. And now this conversational interface is attached to the AIs and now we have these um, UPIs, I call them, universal personal interns. Everybody has an intern that you can converse with. You can have a dialogue. 
you can tell in normal English language over and, and back and forth. You can collaborate with. So these are collaboration agents. And these collaborative aliens are working with us and they're going to, they're as fast as we can speak, they're being plugged into everything. Um, every app, every company is just bringing them on just like everybody went onto the web hmm. very, very quickly. Um, and they're kind of being embedded into us. And what they give us is this universal personal intern. They give us the work of interns. So Google GPS gave us the personal navigator. The search engines gave us personal librarians. And now we're going to have the personal interns that will do all kinds of work for us. And some of the most mediocre people will be helped the most. And then the really professionals will also use it to do a lot of the, the kind of work that they can do but don't want to have to do hmm. and certainly can't do a lot of it very quickly. So um, so it's really magical. And, and one of the things about it is that the inventors of these technologies have no idea what they were going to be used for or what they were good for. They, 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 they didn't know. Yeah. So they're surprised by what's happening is anybody else. And that also means that they don't know what's what they're bad for. And mm. my refrain is that we can't dis, we can't figure out the plus and minuses of technologies by thinking about them. There's only a limited amount of what we can do. We can only judge them by the evidence of actual use. We have mm. to use them over time. And chat GPT-4 has been 12 days, I don't know, mm. <laughs> some crazy number of days, <laughs> a, a few days, where already people are wanting to regulate it. After 12 days, it's like, no, 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 no. We, 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 we have to use it for years, really. We need not just one study. We need hundreds of studies, just like health. We don't make a, a policy on something around health based on one study, two studies, ten, you need hundreds of studies because there's so many variables to unpack and disentangle. So, so this is new. I'm very excited by it. The people who make it have no idea what it's going to be used for. We get to decide and figure out what it's going to be used for. We get to steer it by using it. It's incredibly exciting. Hmm. Yeah, it is. I, I agree with you. And, and it's fascinating that the, the inventors, I mean, I've seen so many different applications that um, I've talked to people and they, about the things that I've done and they say, oh, I didn't know you could do that. I'll have to try yeah. that out. And then other people have told me about the stuff they're doing and which has excited me. Yeah. And I, I didn't think about trying that out. So, yeah, you're right. There's, there's so many uh, potential applications there. And again, I mean, if you think back to social media, everybody was excited by social media in the beginning, and now there's conversations around. Well, it's you know, there's bad things about social media because there's extremists mm -hmm. go on there and they have conversations and get together to do evil. Um, but yeah, is that social media or is that just um, misuse? Because there's there's all kinds of tools around that can be misused. Yeah, you could do it on the telephone. Mm. You could you could coordinate evil on a telephone, mm. but we um, do we want to stop telephones? No, we don't. So uh, yeah, so so there's 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 definitely going to be downsides to this. Uh, I, I think 
the more powerful the technology, the more powerful the problems. And undoubtedly, in my view, AI is the most powerful technology we've ever invented. And we're just beginning. Of course, this is just like in 30 years from now, they'll look back and they'll say, you didn't have AI in any form yeah. in 2023. Um, and, but, but it is nonetheless, we're entering into the most powerful technology and it will be powerfully misused and powerfully abused. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind. Hmm. but I am enthusiastic and uh, optimistic about it because our capacity for solving problems has actually been increased by this AI. So, so, hmm. so we, we have new problems that will be bigger than ever, but we have new power to solve problems that are bigger than ever, and that actually increases faster. Our will to survive always exceeds our will to destroy. So... Um, as long as we can create uh, 1% more than we destroy every year, we got civilization. On the path forward, <laughs> yeah. It's a compounding effect. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Well, this is fascinating. Kevin, I could go on talking ages about it, go and pull some more quotes out of the book, but we do want to leave some for the for the listener to go and read themselves. Sure. And, I mean, you know, I, I have some advice for like 20-year-olds. This book was kind of written a little bit for my adult young children. And, um, you know, uh, one of the things I would say to them, which I told my own children the same thing, which is like when you're in your 20s, uh, spend a hunk of time if you possibly can working on something where um, they don't have a name for what it is that you do, that you're out ahead of language. There's no, there's no name. It takes some time to explain to your mother what it is that you're doing. <laughs> and uh, there you're more likely to be at the place where there's going to be a breakthrough. You're more likely to have no competition. You're more likely to find this thing that only you can do. And if at all possible, at the same time, um, work on something that is sort of crazy, stupid, um, out of the ordinary, um, memorable, um, dangerous, um, uh, un unproductive, and looks nothing like success. <laughs> because later on, that will become your touchstone. That experience will become your touchstone for all the great things that you'll do. Okay? And so you have to kind of allow yourself to get lost, and so to speak, and to, to, to waste some time doing that goofing off hmm. and um again it, it it should look nothing like success at that time um and that again it'll help you be different it'll help you think differently it'll help you come to something in a different angle and that is the great difficult thing we have when we're connected to each other 24 hours a day with these little stone devices you know in our pockets and so to overcome that, you want to do something that is sort of out of the ordinary and don't think about it in terms of success because success in most, for most people is, is, is imitation. Your, your image, most people's image of success is basically taken from others. And so if you're able to forget about that and do something, you'll be closer to having your own kind of success. Hmm. Um, so you want to be you want to be the 
star in your own movie and then I'm extra in someone else's movie. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Love the metaphor. And also enjoy the journey, right? Because that, exactly. that's, part of, that's part of developing that experience is enjoying right. the journey, taking time to enjoy the journey rather than focus so much on whatever destination it is that, that you're trying to get to. Yeah, it's the journey. Figuring out what you're good at and nobody else is, for me, has taken most of my life. Hmm. There might be some special people who, very early, some prodigies who understand very clearly when they're young what it is that they're better at than most people, but most people are like me that you don't know, and it takes a meandering journey with hard left turns and detours yeah. and turnarounds to arrive at the beginning of understanding what that is. And that's why most the, the, the path of most remarkable people is going to be very crooked. That Very few of them ever started off anywhere near where they ended up. And um, that's because it, it's, it's, it's a long, torturous process of figuring out who you are and what you're good at and how, how to do it. And um, uh, even... And there's no destination. I mean, it's a journey. You're, you're you're constantly going. Even as you get older, you're still waking up asking, well, what do I want to do when I grow up? That's what I ask myself. Right? <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, so I um, often reflect on that question. I mean, you get it a lot when <laughs> you're in your sort of early teens and mid-teens and just before making key decisions like what what uh, school are you going to go to, what college yeah, are you going yeah. to go to, what what um, are you going to study at university, and so on, these key milestones, or what job or what apprenticeship are you right, going right, to go. Right, 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 right. People are asking that. <laughs> I sometimes reflect yeah, back I, on that and think, well, you know, maybe I still haven't grown up. So. <laughs> <laughs> you have. Hopefully, you haven't. <laughs> you want to re remain astonished. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I I tried to import in part to the young people is that it doesn't really matter too much where you start. It doesn't really matter that much where you go to school. You'll have a set of friends wherever you go, and those are going to be more important than the classes you take. Don't, I mean, don't worry about grades in college. Oh, my gosh, don't even think about grades. Don't, you know, it's like nobody has ever will ever ask you what your grades were in college. Mm. Or they shouldn't. They shouldn't care. They do care. I would be suspicious, but um, uh, yeah. So, so where you start is not that important as long as you start somewhere and master something, and then you can kind of use that mastery to kind of move. But um, where you start, it's not going to be where you where you're going to reach your 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 fullness. Hmm. Wonderful. Well, this has been fabulous, Kevin. Now, where can people? find out more about you, the work you do, get a hold of the book. Yeah. Um, and so the book, again, is Excellent Advice for Living, Wisdom I Wish I'd Known Earlier, and most of it is stuff I wish I'd known. <laughs> a lot of it's kind of practical stuff about, um, you know, uh, if you're going to buy a ladder or cable, get it longer than you think you should. That would be the right <laughs> size. You know, things like that. Um and some of it is a little bit more spiritual about don't try to be the best, try to be the only, you know, um, mm. this idea of, of uh, on the day before you die, you want to be able to say that you fully become yourself and that's the goal. So um, I 
things I write about the AI and so forth are on my website. At, uh, my initials kk.org. And um, recently I did a book that has 9,000 photographs from my 50 mm. years of traveling in Asia, documenting the disappearing traditions of Asia. It's called Vanishing Asia. Uh, 50 years of photography. And that was a monumental work, just getting it out in three volumes. It's it weighs 30 pounds. This is a monster. Um, a different, uh, this book is a little tiny. It's my smallest book yet. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I do Recommendo, which is um, once a week, half page stuff that I and my two partners recommend. A little tiny paragraphs of stuff, good stuff. And we have cool tools, podcasts, all that kind of stuff. So kk.org. Um, the book is out in May. So uh, I think someone young in your life or someone young at heart yeah. would enjoy it. Um, 450 little bits of tweetable advice that you could use to remind yourself. Mm, excellent. And, of course, we'll post those links in the show notes and and. I'm guessing by the time we publish this, the book should be available in all yeah, the bookstores. Yeah, or it's pre-order on Amazon. If not, mm. um, um, it'll be available. Um, and, you know, uh, my hope is that everybody alive would have the chance to find a way to express their unique genius. And my, I'm trying to encourage others to follow what they're good at, what they can get paid to do, what they enjoy doing, and what others find difficult and they find easy. So that's likely to be something that you are better at than others. The thing there's a piece of advice. That thing that made you weird as a kid can make you great as an adult as long as you don't lose it. So with that, keep going forward. Okay. Well, um, before we wrap up, um, is there one particular action out of our conversation today you'd like our listener to take as a result of the conversation? Um, we didn't mention it, but if you want to do something heroic, um, Write a thank you note to one of your teachers. You'll be a hero. And um, that's, that's what they live for. Their teachers have dedicated their lives and sacrificed a lot. And um, they just love hearing from former students about um, their influence on, on, on the world. Excellent. Well, there's a very concrete action. So encourage everybody to do that. Um, and thanks so much, Kevin, for sharing your time and your insights with us so generously and some of the bits of wisdom from your book. And as you say, it's um, there's there's all these things we learn as we go through life's journey and you think back and think, oh, I wish I had known that 20 years ago or 30 years yeah, ago or yeah. more in our case. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, so, so, so I wrote them down. And I hope they're helpful to everybody else out there. Um, and let me know what you think. So, again, thank you for having me.
I hope you enjoyed that insightful and really informative and thought-provoking conversation with Kevin and took something away from his episode. So go ahead, sit down, write a thank you note to one of your teachers, write a handwritten note, because likely they might even predate the internet and email era. Just write down how you're grateful for what they did and the impact they had on your life and tell them a little bit about what you've done and what you're doing to have an impact in the world because that ultimately is their impact in the world. Kevin's episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash kk2. That is k K and the number two. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash kk2. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Kevin, as well as links to his website, to his books, to his social media pages, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. If you're still tuned in, and if you're hearing me now, you obviously are, and you're loving this discussion, then share it with a friend who will appreciate it just as much as you do. Also, you can grab a valuable bookmark token at innovabiz.co forward slash bookmarks to create a lifelong reminder and your very own personal recording of this episode for the price of a cup of coffee. When you buy the token, 50% of the revenue will go towards Kevin as the guest of the episode and the other half goes towards supporting this show and keeping the power running so that I can record my episodes and run the internet. It's a fantastic way to show the guests some love and support. Kevin suggested that we have a conversation with photographer Chris Michelle on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Chris, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast courtesy of Kevin Kelly. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode. It will help us to make the podcast better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz and pick your preferred platform. Remember to visit innovabiz.co forward slash flywheel and secure your membership to the exclusive Flywheel Nation community where you'll enjoy direct access to our incredible podcast guests, engaging meaningful conversations and participate in connection events designed to elevate your business journey. Don't miss out. Join Flywheel Nation today. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from Innova Biz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.